Welcome to Listener's Advisory, the San Diego Public Library podcast. Ever catch yourself nodding along to the tunes heard in our show? Today, we'll meet the creators of our podcast's music and hear about their backgrounds, creative processes, and inspirations. So stick around. This should be fun. When we began thinking about this podcast, we knew we needed two things, strong content and good music. While we were pretty confident we would be able to come up with new and interesting angles on various library happenings, we weren't totally sure about the music. Sure, there's plenty of licensed and license-free music out there we could utilize, some of which even sounds pretty good. Still, Something just didn't sit right with us about regularly relying on anonymous tunes by people we've never met. Back in 2019, when we first began kicking around the idea of a podcast, I was working in the art, music, and recreation service area. Not only did I work with two guitarists, I personally knew several music producers. We wanted to put a unique stamp on the podcast, and so we turned to the folks we thought might be willing to contribute. Can you tell me about writing and recording Rolling On? Uh, what was your process? When you say Rolling On, do you mean theme song for the library podcast? Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> you know, well, you asked me actually to write something, or you asked me if I had something, or maybe I told you I had something, uh, because it was a riff, I won't say a melody, but sort of a riff that had been in my back pocket for many, many years. And uh, really, it's just a, well, more than a little based on a Yardbirds kind of feel, uh, which was always one of my favorite bands. So I just kind of kept working on it. That's Pete Meisner. He wrote the theme music you hear at the beginning of each episode. In addition to uh, being a librarian here at San Diego Public Library, I'm a guitarist. play in a few bands around town. The Zimsy Quartet, Chloe Lou and the Liddells. It's kind of a pop soul group. And then... Uh, a spin-off of that group is The Driving Wheels. We do, you know, it's a cover band. Pete is my former supervisor and one of the guitarists I worked with. I asked him if he would be willing to produce something we could use for our podcast intro, and he didn't disappoint. Nowadays, I can just, on an iPad, sort of make a sketch of what I want to hear because I can put this guitar on top of another guitar, on top of another guitar, add a bass, make something that sounds like drums. And, and so I did that with this song. Shared it with a friend, Dave Flaminger, who actually has Pro Tools and could uh, play a bit of drums. And, and uh, there's a keyboard on there, too. He's playing a, an organ on there. And uh, so he has a little more know-how about recording. Pete began playing music in earnest as a teen after falling in love with rock and roll. I actually played uh, or tried to play violin in, in grade school and junior high, but really I didn't get the bug until um, I started kind of getting into the Beatles. I was at a friend's house and we were just, I'm going, why am I not doing more of this? Listening to the Beatles. And and my brother had all these records, The Who and Cream and Yardbirds and stuff like that. And and then one day I heard Day Tripper and that was it. I had to learn how to play guitar. While Pete has made many recordings over the years with bands he's played in, such as the Crawdaddies, the Telltale Hearts, and the Zimsy Quartet, his real passion is playing live. Well, playing live is, is the real deal, and there's something about having that immediate reaction with um, it, 
with whomever it is. You know, if you're if you're playing a song to your mother-in-law, or if you're playing to a room full of swing dancers, and you get that reaction, you really can feed off it, and uh, it is pretty inspiring to play to a room full of fifty couples. You know, um, or your mother-in-law's approval. Um, and uh, so I think that's kind of the the most elemental thing is is live performance and everything else kind of I would say stems from that. Not only did Pete contribute our theme music to the podcast, he's also provided several pieces of transitional music and outro songs as well. Some notable examples are from episode 1 and our bonus episode featuring the book coven. <laughs> brother had to listen to that song 8,000 times when I was, you know, a kid. You know, I've heard that story 8,000 times. Well, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's part of my biography. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and I never get tired of it. Real talk. While the theme music sets the tone of the podcast, an equally important aspect of the podcast's sound is the interlude music. That's the music you hear in between segments. It's meant to provide a sort of forward momentum and hopefully resets your ear for new information. Uh, my name is Luke Henshaw. Um, I play bass, keys, samplers, guitar, pretty much anything I can get my hands on. And by sampler, that's specifically the MPC sampler? Yep, the MPC 2000 XL. Luke Henshaw is a longtime music producer who's dabbled in everything from psych rock to hip hop and beyond. Well, I started bass in the fifth grade, and then for the next couple of years, I pretty much learned every single Iron Maiden song out there. And then I kind of just transitioned later in junior high and in high school to more like prog rock, jazz. I taught myself classical guitar. And then the middle of high school just took a big turn and I went into hip hop. These days, Luke's known for his diverse production, creating music for his cumbia group, Sonida de la Frontera, or Planet B, his avant-garde punk band. However, it's his hip-hop roots that have long defined his sound, particularly his connection to breakbeat and turntablist culture. I remember just seeing a scratch video at the record shop, and we bought it, and from there, it was just like, oh, I got a scratch, oh, I got a scratch. I kind of realized my beats were a little more important. They were taking top shelf, but turntables showed an interest in in the beats more, you know. So pretty much from there, meeting Tony, Disco Rick, and all of the family, me and him just clicked. And then with us three with Zilla God, we made the first Power Break albums, Fat Package of Chiropractic Procedures. Um, we gave it to Qbert. Um, DJ Cuber and with a phone number on the white label and he gave us a call back the next day and was like yo come to San Francisco That's producer and turntablist John Calzo, a.k.a. Tension, cutting it up over one of the breaks from the first in the series of three Fat Package of Chiropractic Procedures records. Luke's style has long catered to the DJ, MC, and breakdancer with short, 
catchy yet quirky loops. But it's his full production, which can often be heard in our podcast's outro segments, that are full-bore, multi-sectional arrangements with a sound and brand that remain consistent. Dark. I like everything I do is dark. I stray away from major chords to happy chords. I would say dark and heavy. Heavy drums, pretty much. Both Pete and Luke have very distinct sounds and realms of music they work in. Each have devoted themselves to their craft and strive to continue writing, recording, and performing new work. It's a process that requires dedication and inspiration. There's always music you're listening to, or I'm, I'm you know, listening to various things, and it might be stuff that you know directly influences me. There's guitarists that I, I like. You know, I like modern guys like Mark Rabot and um, Jim Campolongo. But I'll listen to, you know, the Nat King Cole trio to hear Oscar Moore or to hear Nat King Cole singing, you know. And um, I love all the American songbook stuff. My my old man was, and he knew every pop song from, you know, 1925 to 1960. None of the garbage after that. Um, and, uh, you know, I like listening to all that stuff. I listen to the classical radio when I'm in the car. Um, but, you know, I've been inspired by just a interesting sound. Um, the cowbell on our theme song is, you know, the cowbell. My mom used to ring from the porch to get us to come in for dinner, and it's a cool-sounding bell. I thought, oh, you know, I could use that. And while both musicians manage to stay inspired, they find it in very different places. It's weird because music itself doesn't really inspire me a whole lot just because to believe it or not I actually don't listen to a lot of music rarely and it's like the same album for like two years or whatever so it's just being given the opportunity to work on something like the work is the inspiration for me and to see what it, it evolves into that sparks my interest in everything I create both these artists contributions to this podcast have made it fun interesting and even a bit spicy They've helped the show establish a personality and attitude that's rockin' and unapologetic. For this, we're truly grateful. Catch both Luke and Pete performing at various venues throughout the city with their respective bands and projects. You can find their music in both streaming services and physical formats, including vinyl records. That's gonna do it for today's episode. I'd like to thank our guests, Pete Meisner and Luke Henshaw. Additional thanks to John Calzo for providing the turntable cuts you heard during the segment. Also, a crazy major shout out to my podcast partner, Scott Eric Burgess. Your humor and off-the-cuff wit have provided the show a much-needed lightheartedness. I appreciate your big-picture vision and willingness to grind this out with me month after month. For links to the artists featured in this episode, please see our show notes or visit us at www.sandiego.gov forward slash SDPL podcast. If you like what we're doing here at Listener's Advisory, please consider sharing our podcast on your social media, leave us a rating or review via your favorite podcast directory, or tell someone you know about us.
Thanks in advance.